Welcome to Healing for Healers with Abby Wynn and Regina of the Land. And now a prayer. Father Sky, Grandmother Moon, please bless this healing space. I call on the four directions, the north, south, east and west, to hold us in the energy of love, compassion, beauty, healing, lightness and joy. I invite in the wisdom of the ancestors, angels, ascended masters and star beings to enrich our conversation, inspire us and use us as channels for light, love and healing. I call on Mother Earth, the star systems and all the planets to open the pathways so we may present to you the best, richest information. Have access to the highest vibration of healing energies. And offer what is most needed for those who need it right now. And so it is. And so it is. Hello everyone, welcome to Healing for Healers, the podcast starring Regina of the Land and me, Abby Wynn. So we're here after having two very intense discussions around what's it like to be an empath, what an empath actually is. And our plan today was to do practical tips around being an empath, but we were talking earlier, weren't we, Regina? And we were thinking, well, we've already been giving you some practical tips and... Um, might be interesting to cover clearing your energy. I think so, because what was, hello everyone, sorry, (laughs) I was rude, I didn't say hello, you see my head has already gone into the topic. We were just talking about it and we, from a conversation we were uh, progressing on from, what came up was, do you know what, it's... I know it's a bizarre thing, the spiritual hygiene. How do you energetically cleanse yourself? I'm not talking about, you know, um, heavy duty extractions or heavy duty uh, cleansing of areas or anything like that. I'm talking about yourself, you know. How do you ensure that you haven't picked up stuff? How can you on an ongoing basis make sure that your energy is as clear as it can be, because that way then you are giving the best of yourself. You are taking care of yourself. And believe it or not, taking care of yourself is about loving yourself. So by loving yourself, you're taking care of yourself. Now, that's my talk. What do you think? (laughs) I have to be honest, is this me getting my revenge for the last episode? But I actually drifted off there when you were talking. though um if everyone could just imagine their physical body and then a draw circle around it as your energy field excuse me is probably the simplest (coughs) simplest visualization you can do is that your energy is not just contained in your physical body so some people don't actually know that that your energy you know flows in and out of you 
and connects into other things. And, you know, just like Regina and I were talking before about you making octopus tendrils and wrapping yourself around stuff. (laughs) It's not as clean and clear and straightforward as a beautiful bubble around your physical body. Your, Your energy field is quite complex. I'd imagine that we will never know how complex it is and that science will probably never be able to create any kind of scanning equipment that will show us how much energy we have flowing in and out of us you know at all times possibly not in this lifetime but i'm sure the advancements will be there because there's so much energy that people can feel but you can't actually see it or you can't so-called measure it but there are ways and means that as technology involves evolves not involves evolves and more and more will be known about that. And you know what's interesting as well is the subtle difference in your energy field, how you can feel it in your body. And I think, you know, some people who've been listening, you know, probably have heard of ascension symptoms, you know, because we're ascending. So we, we're not, we're, we have physical bodies, we're here. But our... F- whoa, 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 back, sorry, back up there. I've never heard. You've that. never heard of ascension. ascension, yeah. I have. I've heard of ascension, but I've never heard of ascension. Systems. There's no symptoms. Oh, what's symptoms? Yes, this is a new age. It's yeah. a new age belief form, and I, I. It's not that I bought into it and have just changed my mind. No, not at all. But we've discussed this many, many times. So the quality and frequency of your energy, the vibration, your level of mm-hmm. vibration, increasing over time and your physical body then needs to catch up with your energy body ah yeah that i understand so the symptoms of ascension when i.e your energy has ascended to a higher level of frequency and vibration ah right you can get a headache uh, you you get flu-like symptoms where you're achy um you might find yourself feeling depressed you know and you can avidly tune into many people on YouTube. There's many people have their whole platforms based on, well, what are we all feeling today because the planets are doing this and, you know, the sun is doing that. And at the end of the day, when you're reading outside of yourself to find out about what's going on inside, you never really get a good reading. So my point is, When something changes in your energy field, you can now really feel it in your physical body, whether that be a muscular tension in some place of you. And lots of um, people that I work on and with at the moment talk about jaw tightness, um, neck pain, clenching teeth. I myself have had tension across my cheeks particularly on one side of my face. And then if something releases, I could feel a release a release in the muscular tension of my face. You go, oh, something's moved, something's changed. So to be able to come into your body, first of all, when we're talking about clearing your energy fields, as Regina said, so you can be as vibrant and as bright and as clear as you are, you need to actually start off by taking an assessment of where am I with my body right now? so that you can have a starting point (laughs) from which you can improve. And uh, so if you're a healer, you know, or or you're an empath or someone who feels, it can be quite daunting sometimes to actually come into your own body and feel everything 
that you're feeling, which is why the work of connection to the land. And I think in one of our earlier episodes, we talk about why connection to the land is important for healers so that you feel that you're being held by something that's bigger Mm -hmm. than you so that you can soften and relax enough to allow yourself to feel what you're feeling. Oh, yeah. You know, that's one of the reasons uh, of going to the land for me. That's that's the equivalent of my recharge spot, you know, and there are places that I feel, oh, so held that I just want to curl up and I just want to relax. And, you know, I just feel so, oh, I'm in heaven when I'm there. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I totally understand it. But diff- you see, different people have different ways of doing it. If you um we won't mention we won't mention a name but both you and I would know this person a male who um was not connected to his body and how everything he tried to do was in his head and he was actually disconnected from his no, body that's funny how you said that, that he tried to do because i think when you're thinking mostly in your head it is a sense of trying as opposed to a sense mm. of doing that comes from the beingness of actually being present, being in your physical body is part of things actually happening. But anyway. Yeah, but this person was, you know, a really good healer and was working at a level, but was realistically disconnected from his body. And he knew that, you know, um, he knew that and he was trying to work on it. But the point uh, point I'm making is not everybody does things their way. So it's about trying to find out what works for you based on your own systems by based on, yes, you know, we can talk about feel into your body. But for some people, like feeling is my first sense, right? Thinking is sort of my last, if you haven't gathered that by now. <laughs> <laughs> I would disagree with there. I think you've, you've thought through quite a lot of stuff. I know, but the point I'm making is I feel first, I think after, right? But for a lot of people, they think first. So how I'm just, you know, troubleshooting this. So for people who feel they would be fairly much in tune with what's happening with themselves. In oh, theory, right? I don't know, because, you know, when you feel something and you shut it off, you don't have the words to describe it. Mm. You know, there has to be some kind of a translation between the feeling and the brain to work with the feeling. You need some kind of words. You can do a lot of stuff just energetically without having to put words on it. But if it's to do with, let's say, a pattern of behavior that you have, that you're not connecting the dots, you know, to take ownership of that as well. There's a lot of people who don't want to take ownership of their behavior. So, oh, yeah. So it's only the brave (laughs) and the bold and the courageous who probably listen to the rest of this episode. back to that philosophy and I keep coming back to it know thyself know thyself and know thyself means what am I feeling right now I need to know Mm -hmm. you know and to bring the brain into the body 
so that, okay, my stomach feels heavy. What is that from? You know, is it because I ate too much or is it because I'm carrying guilt of the famine in my body? You know, it's like you could, you could go into the drama if you want, but, but taking the moment in space and time and saying, I'm here right now in this moment and realizing, no, I don't feel safe because I'm at home surrounded by people. I don't feel safe because I'm in the city. I don't feel like I can relax because I'm very stressed to say, okay, well, then I'll go out to the land and I'll find somewhere where I feel that the ground is beneath me. The mountains are around me or the water or whatever it is that does that for you. And this is, again, is a question of knowing yourself. You know, when you go in on a guided meditation and you're closing your eyes and, you know, you see yourself on a mountaintop and somebody else freaks out because they get vertigo up on a mountaintop. It's not going to work for everybody. <laughs> going deep into a forest right now is my thing. But years ago, it would have been standing on the beach in front of the sea. You know, we shift and we change. So you can't always go back to the same spot either to feel what you feel because you're changing and the energies of that spot is changing too. Totally, because we are evolving. So, uh, you know, what you're saying makes sense because as each of us grow and evolve, different things are called into our path. There are different places that call, call us and different energies and behaviors change and behaviors evolve as well. So bottom line, as you evolve and change, has your clearing uh, routine evolved and changed. That's really good. I think once we establish that what you have, where your baseline is, this is me on a good day. This is me, how I would like to be feeling all the time. Then you can tell when you've picked something up and you've come away from that baseline sense of who you are. And then mm -hmm. when I was talking earlier about raising your frequency, you know, this ascension stuff and you're growing and you're expanding and all of that, which is part of spiritual growth, the baseline is shifting. And then you have to acclimatize to that. And again, it's like I said, you know, I would have gone to the sea and now I'm going to the forest and we're shifting and changing and we have to change how we do things because we're changing all the time. And if we weren't, what would be the point of living? So to embrace ourselves as changing beings in motion, but then also to say, okay, well, when I connect with another person, when I connect with another space and I come away from that, if I'm too open and I pick something up, how do I get it off of me or out from me? And, uh, <laughs> and not, uh, and not use dynamite <laughs> or dynamite, <laughs> but yeah. also, I mean, as a healer, you don't know who's going to come in your room. You don't know what they're going to bring. Mm. And shamanically, you can track it ahead of time and say, okay, what do I need to do in order to be ready for this particular person who's going to come and, and be my client today? And But not many people can really do that accurately. And then what you might also do is set yourself up with an assumption before that person comes in so that you have already decided this person's going to be very, very sad. But in fact, you're not picking them up at all. It's your own sadness or somebody connected to you through your family that you're picking up. So to have the balance between, you know, being detached from the outcome, but also focusing on the spiritual hygiene aspect so that just as Rosina said you are at your best when you're there to work with someone you're at your best when you're on your own at home because that's just as important is to be feeling at your best at, at all times 
And even on Zoom, I mean, Regina, you know, you've worked with people on Zoom that you can still pick things up over the internet. (laughs) (laughs) I've been doing that for years. Well, picking stuff up (laughs) from people over the internet. Before the internet was here. (laughs) (laughs) From people over the other side of the world, I knew what was happening with them uh, for people who were connected. In other words... At, oh God, how do I say that? At times before the internet or any of this FaceTime or Zoom or Messenger or whatever was available, some of my clients who, uh, were actually had met me and weren't then in other countries when stuff was go- happening with them, I knew. So they were, at the time, the way I expressed it was they were on my radar. And once they were on their radar, I could feel in other words, the traumas or whatever was going on with them. So I didn't need internet and we didn't have face calling then or a FaceTime. So you can do it without even the technology. But I do think seeing the person does help, right? So when you can see the person, you can also see how they are reacting rather than feeling. So rather than feeling how they are at the end of the phone, you can now visually see how they are reacting and what is happening. So you can, well, I can feel the energies no matter where you, where you are on the planet, if needs be, right? If I choose to. And that is the little caveat. Mm. If I choose to. If you choose to. I find also though with client sessions over Zoom, you've got the computer between you and the client and then the cyberspace and the physical space between you that you're more inclined to respect your own boundaries in that you've set yourself up to say there is a boundary whereas if the person's in the room with you you can choose to not take on but all of the aspects of you have to choose that and it's not always the case it's not always the case at all there can be a little girl aspect or a little boy aspect that wants to please everybody and I can you know there could be a martyr aspect that's there I can carry this pain better than they can And so, whereas you working out of most of the aspects of you are saying, I'm choosing not to take this on, it doesn't mean you're not going to take it on, which is why it's always good to to know how to clear. And in the early days, for feck's sake, I took on more stuff that could flatten a skyscraper, (laughs) right? And... Like, I mean, because I felt I was a healer. Yeah, it was there my you go. That's, 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 that's the, the superhero complex there. And Oh, yeah, I had that. I think we all did at some point, you know, and then you feel, well, we're not important, but the healing is more important than us. And so we can sacrifice ourselves for the sake of the healing because this is what we do. And that's also, that's the martyr complex. It's like, that's not healthy either. Well, you see, that's where the universe comes and bites you because that's what... Um, And that was the learning for me because we all have learnings and I'm still learning and will always be learning. Um, In the earlier days, when I found out, you know, I could work with people energetically and if needs be, sometimes take their gunk from them for the want of a better word. Um, And when I didn't have boundaries and proper boundaries in place, I might add. And also when I knew myself worth that, I didn't have to be going around trying to sort out everyone else. Uh, I remember this particular incident with this 
person. They were actually a colleague going back quite a few years. And they had actually reached out and asked for my help. And I, they were, they were in a crisis situation. I assisted, but then I didn't look after myself well enough. I took that stuff back to me, mm. back with yeah. me. And I'm sitting there at a desk, computer in front of me. And then I go, oh, fiddlesticks. Um, <laughs> and I had to, had to say to a colleague, heads up, I'm about to pass out. I'll come back around in a couple of minutes. And that's exactly what happened. Oh my gosh, happened. that was a lot of stuff you took on. Wow. Uh, yeah. And I actually just heads up and I literally pass out. I just slid out of the chair. Now that poor colleague, God love her, she got an awful fright, right? Um, but I came to in a couple of minutes as I knew I would. Um, but I just had to tell her that, in other words, I'd taken on so much, I just had to deal with it another way. And the way my body dealt with it at that time was shut down, reboot, and I crashed. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> and then you crashed onto the floor. Wow. Yeah. And that was the biggest learning for me. It really, really was. So what did you do different that after that? I, I actually took time out and didn't actually work on anyone for a while. Mm. Because I realized, you know what, what I'm doing is det- detrimental to me. Absolutely. So at that time, I'm just trying to think, God, this is, this is possibly a decade and a half maybe two decades ago I'm just I'm literally I'm just trying to think think of the timelines um and I remember I remember thinking right okay I need to do this differently that was the biggest learning there's something I need to do differently what is everyone else doing because that was the issue was there wasn't the same volume of information around yes So I then had to go off and I actually remember actively working with a variety of different teachers at that point because I'd only been working with one or two up until there. And then from there on, I decided that I needed um, a toolbox. You know, what's really interesting about what you said is that what does everybody else do isn't necessarily the answer for you. It's just interesting. But what also is interesting is as you're mentioning that there wasn't the amount of information out there in those times two decades ago, Mm. I think right now there's too much information. And I think in a way (laughs) it's probably better if there wasn't any information and you had to go looking for it because then it would be a lot easier to filter through to see well, what is for me and what's not for me. Because right now, you know, we're back to the paparazzi at the door and there's just an inundation and a flooding in. You go to Google and you type in clearing energy and you've got 50,000 mm. different reports about 50,000 different people, 50,000. And they're all telling you, this is how you do it. And it can be quite, you know, unnerving to say, well, well, this one says this and this other one says that and they're all saying that this is how you do it and I don't know if I can do any of these things you know so sometimes not having the information is quite good in a way (laughs) true and in fairness I would I would agree with that yet for me and I can only comment about me in that situation and the decision that I made was that I would build my own toolbox 
And my own, my own toolbox, for the want of a better word, was a variety of tools from a variety of different teachers and systems and modalities. That's, that's wonderful. Because yeah, but, but by you deciding that is a p- pinnacle moment, a milestone in you owning up to taking responsibility for yourself and keeping yeah. your power with you, which is what many people nowadays don't do. So where you would have gone to many workshops, you'd have had many teachers, people would choose one teacher and everything they say is gospel and they hand their power over to that teacher and then that leads to trouble. I think it leads to disempowerment because there is such a thing as discernment and discernment is really, really powerful. And my truth is not somebody else's truth. So there are different teachers for different people. There has to oh, be. Oh, there has to be. So, and there's a difference then between being the apprentice and being a follower. Whereas as far, you know, the way that I would interpret this is the apprentice has their own brain and takes responsibility for the skills of the craft and works on their craftsmanship to not be a replica of their master, say, because apprentice and master, but to bring out the best in themselves, whereas a follower just follows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you see, as well as that, you also outgrow your teacher. In theory, you should. You should always outgrow your teacher because you have your own path. So you have your own things to do. Yes, you can get on mentors and other people who cross your path. And there is a saying and I do believe it. When the student is ready, the teacher appears. It also works. When the teacher is ready, the student appears. <laughs> well, yeah, that works too. Yeah, I'll agree with that one. All right. uh, however, it's also a case of accepting that I don't know. I don't claim to know everything. I absolutely categorically don't know everything. And there, there are ways that I do things that somebody else would be horrified at. And end of story. And they would do things another way. And it comes back to what sits with you, what what feels right for you and how you develop your own craft and your own tool set. Uh, like a stonemason, a stonemason will have a variety of tools that they use. Some of them have to be sharpened. So I am learning. I'm constantly Well, because learning. we're constantly changing, we're constantly learning. And even though this is how to clear your energy, what we're really trying to hit home with you, the listener, is first of all, you need to know who you are. You need to get that baseline reading on how you are. And then Mm -hmm. to try things to see, well, is this working or is this not working? I mean, I used to sage everything. I'd have my dried sage, I'd light the candle, I'd have the, the, the smoke everywhere and smoking me and it just didn't work anymore you know for me you know or you have your spray or your essences and your mm. and you spray those and i think a lot of mistakes that people make and people who come to me who are looking for help around this make the same mistake is that well i do this thing i do it all the time yeah but are you actually present to the burning sage are you present mm-hmm. to the Are you asking yourself, is this helping? Are you calling on your intention and permission? Because sometimes if you don't say, I give permission to let go of whatever energy I've picked up, 
if you don't do that, then part of you is still holding on to it. And you, you can try with all the sage in the world, you're not going to get rid of it because <laughs> some part of you needs you to sit with it and say, it's okay, it's all right. And it's going to say, well, maybe you need to slow down. Maybe there's a message there for you and an aspect of you is saying no, like they did to you. You know, you can't do this this way anymore. You're going to have to pass out because what else way are you going to listen? You know. <laughs> That was it in a nutshell. And, you know, these are the mistakes I've made. But by me making those mistakes, I've learned from them. And I think that for me, the universe has a great way of doing that. When I don't listen, it catches well, I mean, my attention. I had a client. If I still don't get that, the attention. It comes at me and I get whacked. I had a client who told me she didn't want to make mistakes ever. That was her ideal self, never makes mistakes. So I said to her, so do you want to stop learning? No, not at all. I don't want to stop learning. So, so how are you going to learn if you don't make a mistake? Mistakes are there for a reason. And instead of holding on to the idea, well, I, I, I messed it up. I made a mistake. Say, so I learned something from that. To give yourself mm-hmm. the, the, the permission to make a mistake you know, you have to do that. You have to be able to say, all right, I, I'm going to learn. How do I learn? I learned by trying this. No, nope, didn't work. Try that. Oh, that made it worse. Try the other, you know? <laughs> and sometimes you have to go down that, 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 that pathway to realize it's not the pathway for you. You know, like mm. getting involved with a teacher who wants followers as opposed to empowering their so-called students. There's many people out there, you know, and I've joined circles where I've been disempowered energetically by the teacher. And the only thing that got my power back, that made me feel back to who I was again, was by cutting my connection to that person. You know, one of the things that my clients say to me is, it's really great because you don't make me book in again. I say, I'm not going to make anybody ever book in again. If you want to see me again, tell me you want to see me again when you're ready to. It's, you know, it's not about saying, well, you have to come for six sessions. So if you're you're a healer, you might want to release your clients to allow them to be empowered, which also empowers you because that means you are working with empowered adults rather than feeling that your clients need you. That's a weakness in you and it weakens them. And that can lead, that can lead to you picking up more energy, debris for want of a better word. So we did say we were going to talk about how to clear. We've mentioned sage, we've mentioned spraying essences, and sometimes that does work. But to me, it's like a light cleaning. It's not always well. Do you know what? I'll give this one to you. <laughs> you have you have many different clearing exercises you have because I know you've written about them. Um, so I've given my uh, example of how I fell flat in my face. So you can do the clearing. Oh well, I mean, I, th- I think clearing. Again, it's very personal. You know, what I do most often at the moment is clap my hands really loud. I clap my hands or or I click my fingers and you can tell by the quality of the snap. If it's damp, it's possible heavy energy there. But I mean, if you use your imagination, it's the best tool that you've got, no matter what tool you have. And, you know, the idea that your imagination is child things, it's not, you know, your imagination is the gateway to speaking to your soul and your soul speaking back to you. And just see it as that. And you use your imagination to visualize your body or to go into a body part and say, okay, what am I carrying? 
that's not mine. What does it look like? What does it feel like? And, you know, you might suddenly feel, oh, I've got a spider sitting on my head. So get it off. How do you get it off? You can zap it by deciding, well, I'm going to zap it myself. You know, maybe, maybe you could just pull it off with your hand. Or you can sit under the sun and imagine that the sunshine is melting it off. This is what I'm talking about. Your, your, your intention is to release this energy mm. that's stuck in your, let's say, in, in your crown chakra. That's your intention, your permission. I want to release this. I give permission to let this go. And then your imagination playing with it. What shape is it? Oh, well, maybe it's not a spider. Maybe it's, it's, it's a brick or a block. I said, okay, well then, can we make it smaller? Can we detach it? What can we do? And to start looking at it from that frame of mind, as opposed to feeling helpless or, oh no, I've got this thing on my head and I can't do anything about it. Now just say, okay, well, now I'm brave enough. I'm courageous enough to stand up and look at myself and see what I have. And here's the really big piece that we keep repeating. If you can't get it off yourself, get some help. I know I have this thing in my crown chakra. I've tried to get it off. It's changing shape. It's moved down into my stomach. Every time I go, you know, please, can I have help? And when I have somebody who contacts me and says something like that to me, because I see energy differently, I can't buy into the story of what they say it is. (laughs) However, I give great kudos to them for having noticed that there was some energy there that shouldn't be there and that they tried to get it off and they couldn't get it off. So what looks like a spider to you might look like something else to me. Say, okay, so I appreciate you've got energy, so let's do this. So when I go in and I, and I do work on them, it might look differently or might be the same, but I'm not getting attached to their image of what they're seeing because all of our imaginations are different, just like everything else about each other is different, but you know. And it's filtered through our perception. Exactly. Exactly. So, so using your imagination and a really, really good exercise that I got from a book that I have used many times is to visualize your whole body as if it's made of glass and then step outside of yourself and look at yourself and see, well, what's caught there? What's trapped there? I've never heard of that it's one great. before. It's great. I love this one. It's from Shamanic Reiki. Because in Reiki, you put your hands on and you do healing and that's all. You don't go in, you don't adjust, you don't, you know, you're just channeling energy through you into your client. That's it. Whereas shamanic Reiki, you're allowed to play a little bit. And so, <laughs> so I, I would do the shamanic Reiki quite a lot. But yeah, so you could see, oh, look, there's something stuck in my chest. There's something in my leg. You say, okay, so when I focus my will and my intention to release this. So my willpower, the power that you have, your personal power goes behind your will to will it out of you. It could just crumble and fall, or it might want to speak to you. It might want to say something to you. It could actually be you doing this to you. I'm slowing you down. That's why you have a dagger of energy in your leg to stop you from moving forward so quickly because you're rushing around too fast. You're not appreciating the lessons and the learning that are here in the moment. So you can see it's very complicated. You don't want to just take your lesson out of your body and throw it away or get rid of it or whatever, because, you know, it's here for a reason. So to mm-hmm. be with it, to take an audit of how you feel right now is vital so that you can say, okay, what do I need to do 
to look after me better? How do I clear my energy? Do I need to get some help and then wait for a, a yes or a no? I can do this myself. Yes. Do I need to just sit under a tree with my arse on the ground and feel held by the land and release the tension in my body? And as I release the tension in my body, everything else just falls away from me because I've just been too tense too because we're all on, on on alert most of the time and everything is moving so quickly and you have to process things and move to the next and process that and move to the next the, the, the processing time is just not enough time that it could be all you need is a good book and a long hot epsom salt bath which is another beautiful tool to put into your box <laughs> Did one last night. <laughs> the Epsom salts, the salts run into the sea and let the sea salt do it. Salt can clear, salt can cleanse energy, but the magnesium in the Epsom salts also relaxes your muscles and it's very good for the body. So, so yeah, so I mean, you can't say I do all the clearing stuff because you just, you, you admitted there you had a bath last night, Epsom salts bath. I do the clearing, but you're better at explaining it, that's all. <laughs> you see, that's why you had the example of the glass, right? As you were doing the, you see, this is, again, the whole thing about visualization. As you're talking about the glass, I'm thinking, oh, God, yeah. And what could I spray in my, like, windowlean or Windex or one of those things to spray on it to clean it with the vinegar? You know, I was immediately thinking, oh, yeah, I could clean up this and clean up that. Well, so. that's fabulous <laughs> because I'm sure many people who are listening as well get brain fog. Or, you know, you get this kind of heaviness around you and it's difficult to think. Or I go through periods of time maybe where I can't find the words for things. And it's like the neurology, the neuron connections in my brain aren't functioning right. Could be a dose of Windex that you need to just polish up to clear, to see better, like you're doing your windscreen of your car. You know, or you could mm. be covered in pollen. I had I had a friend of mine do a clearing on, on me and she said, you're covered in all this pollen stuff. And she got rid of it. And I said, yeah, and I'm having an allergic reaction to it. And as soon as she took it away, I felt better. So knowing, <laughs> knowing, you know, that worked. That's great. You know, do it again. Yeah. And if it doesn't work, then, you know, the thing about using your imagination is that it can be different every time. And that's what's wonderful yes. about it. But on a practical level, one of the things I use on a practical level to cleanse me, um, and I would use it more so in the morning, is actually water. But it's water for usually from holy wells. That's on my altar. And um, it was interesting as you were talking about uh, clapping hands. I'm laughing. Uh, I was smiling because there's a certain prayer I would recite. And as part of it, as I'm reciting this prayer, I am actually clapping my hands and then what I do is I do many things as a ritual, but this in particular, I pour small amount of water in the palms of my hands, run it through that and start in my head and start literally pulling it through my energy field. And that's that's what I do. And that's what I use to cleanse and to invigorate my energy. In the that's now I'll hold my hand up and say it's not 100 percent every morning because sometimes guess what I'm in a rush so I do a quick as we call it spit and a lick and <laughs> that's but just to say that when people do rituals the difference there because as you're describing that and, and because I know you so well you're not doing it and you're not present to it you're doing it and you're really doing it and you're you're physically emotionally you know you're present to what you're doing when you're running mm. the water on your hands 
you're feeling what the water feels like when it's on your skin, when you're moving your hands through your energy field to cleanse it, you are experiencing that and you're in the moment with it. And that's the difference because you could easily just rub your hands and rub your whole body and get on with it and Mm. be in your head and not be doing the work and then wondering why does my ritual doesn't work. It's like because you're not fully present to it. You're not in the moment with it and you're not paying it the attention that's needed. And I think for many people to clear their energies, what they need to do is slow down and really understand what am I made of? And, you know, if you even imagine your energy field and you could look that up on Google and see many, many pictures of what an energy field might look like and pick what yours feels like for you. Mm. Well, who else is here with me in my field? Or what else? So, well, we won't go there today. <laughs> but uh, who else is in my field? And who might be influencing my decision making today? Because, you nice know, one. if somebody really has an agenda for you, this could be a family member or a friend or something, and they could have some of their energy in your energy field causing a repulsion to certain things and an attraction to certain other things. You know, you said earlier, Regina, and this is a very, very interesting point about how you connected into your friends and people that you've met and people that you care about across the world before the internet was a thing. The thing Mm. about the internet is it mimics our ability to do that. And so when we meet someone on the internet that we've never met in real life, we connect to them the way we would connect to someone that we've met in real life. So you could be sitting there with 10 arguments in your energy field from other people's Facebook profiles that you happened to stumble across while you were just having your breakfast in the morning, having a nice look at your Facebook feed. You put down your phone, you're getting onto something else, but that energy has jumped into you because maybe you have a, you know, a weakness for it or you have an interest in it or you're wondering about someone else. And that can build up. It's like the piece of sand in the muscle that gets around and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger until it becomes very uncomfortable. And it's not always a a pearl it turns into. It can be something a lot more (laughs) nasty than that. So, so yeah. Well, something not as beautiful. Not as as beautiful. Shall we say. So I'm thinking it's, it's almost time to wrap up this episode Mm. and it's not a typical list of here's a thing and off you go and do it. But I think really if what you can take from this is it's really important to slow down. It's really important to be in the moment, to allow yourself to feel what you're feeling. And then you can use your imagination to listen to your body tell you what it's feeling. Again, because it doesn't have words. It's your brain that needs the words, not the body. The body can show you with a picture of a dagger stuck in your leg. That's how I'm feeling. And that could be an energetic dagger that you can then visualize with your imagination and then use your will to extract it and to hold it in your hand and say, I'm going to stop doing this to myself or somebody must be very angry at me today (laughs) or this was somebody throwing daggers at everything and I just happened to be the one walking past when I got hit with this one in the leg. And then you can hold this in your hand or you can imagine it dissolving or you can say, are there lessons that need to be learned from this? I want to learn them, please, in a gentler way. But let me know the learning. And then sitting in silence and in stillness, you can receive the messages that are there for you. And if you can't, ask that you receive them in a different way. But that's the best thing you can do. Yes. Beautifully put. 
So. And my, <laughs> and my suggestion is, yeah, what Abby says, but uh, no other caveat is to work with your senses and find, just explore what works for you. That, you know, play around, try different things and find what works. Because just because something works for this person doesn't mean to say that that will work for you. And that's the beauty because the pair of us work, you know, different things work differently for us. So where is your power going to? Is it within you, behind your will to clear your own energy space? Or is it with somebody that you have decided knows more than you and says everything that must be right? And even though it doesn't feel right for you, you've given them your power. So there's something wrong with you because it's not working for you. Now take your power back. Have it with you. Exactly. And then you're able to do all the things. So. Exactly. So, the power of discernment. And on that note, yeah. I think we shall say goodbye. And thank you for listening thus far. And um, look forward to another episode. Uh, no idea what it is. But <laughs> if you have ideas, right? Seriously, if you have ideas, give us a shout. You know, email us, suggest what is important to you. What would you like us to do? Or if we've discussed something or only tipped in on it and you want us to talk more about it, do let us know. And we're planning to have a few guests on the show too. And uh, that could be interesting to get someone else's point of view. So we look forward to sharing those with you. And in the meantime, look after you, do your clearing and uh, see you soon. Okay. See you. See you when I see you. Sloan. If there's anything in this podcast that triggered you, upset you, or stimulated you to want to know more, if you've got questions, or if you have anything at all that you'd like Regina and I to cover on the show, please write to us. The email is healingforhealerspodcast at gmail.com. And we'll see you next time.